Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. Hello, faith walkers. What's good? We've been doing some faith walking, am I right? (laughs) Man, this journey is not for wimps. I'm telling you, the level of distraction, attack, you know, demonic influence that we always got to be aware of. It's real. It's real. But what is even more important is the authentic real deal God, right? The way that you overcome all of that stuff is by connecting with the one who is real, who is authentic, right? You don't find counterfeit by looking at other counterfeit. You actually figure out what's counterfeit by looking at the real deal. So we've just got to get close to God. Stay close, stay humble. Stay close, stay humble, and God will guide you through whatever it is. But something that I want to reinforce is that we are finishing the year with a flourishing finish, okay? There's still time. There is still time. God operates outside of time, okay? So if God said it, that settles it, right? He's a hearer and an answer of prayer. There's so many beautiful blessings that God has for you even now. Something that will really encourage your heart. If you haven't joined us on our bi-monthly prayer calls in Courage Co., go in there. We actually record all of the calls and there's all of the notes there. So you can go back and look at the scripture verses as reference points. Look at the words. Let them minister to you. But we are bringing this year to a flourishing year Flourishing finish. God's going to crown the year with glory, right? Celebrate now. Celebrate in advance. We had some people, I was telling them, put a frozen treat in your freezer and get ready to celebrate. God is coming through like he always does. He is faithful. So just releasing personal blessings over you that are deeply personal, relevant. They minister to the secret petitions in your heart. God is good. He's for you. He's with you. His presence invades your atmosphere. He wants you to thrive and have an abundant life, all right? And it's all possible with him. So yes, the struggle is real, but God is above everything that you could ever face, and he's with you in it. He's with you in it. All right, so with that, (laughs) it's not the direction I knew we were going to go. With that, I thought what we could talk about today is... How, well, really just a revelation that's been coming to me. So here's something that I've been thinking on and meditating on a lot. This was really something that I've actively pressed into the Lord for, right? Like I just think about things like this. The world does not need your fears. The world needs your faith. Like when you think about people in your life that have altered your life in the best way, that have exposed you to possibility, to testimonies, to radical life change, right? There's no going back after that. Like they've totally blessed you up in the best ways, but that didn't come from fear. That came from courage. That came from faith. That came from a life of obedience, right? And sacrificing a lot to be able to offer that to you. And I think sometimes we can miss that, but really think about that. I've been on the receiving end of a lot of fear. I think that's true of all of us. And that freaks you out. Like fear is contagious, (laughs) right? You didn't have a fear for that thing and then suddenly you do, right? Like if you just watch a horror movie, let's say, that's not my jam, but let's say that you do that, right? You watch that now, like when it's dark, like you move different. 
you're now afraid of so many things that you weren't originally afraid of because you exposed yourself to that stuff, right? So it's really, really interesting how that happens. But the same is true with your faith. When you expose yourself to more belief, to more wisdom, to more knowledge, to more understanding, it gets your faith up. Okay, so the world doesn't need your fear. It needs your faith, right? Like fear is a disease and faith is healing and wholeness and freedom and the abundant life. So as 2023 comes to a close, I personally sense that a shift is upon us and I'm convinced that God has targeted your life, your life, my life for heavenly increase. What does that look like? An explosive rise in peace, favor, emotional wholeness, an anointed know-how, like you don't know how you know it, God's just giving you an anointing to know how to do it, supernatural breakthrough, and more. This is also true of what we've experienced in Courage Co. this year. There are so many people, you've heard many of them here on the podcast, that have stepped into what they didn't know was possible. They started doing exploits with God. Their courage skyrocketed. Their faith went increased. Their breakthroughs multiplied. The level of relationship with God deepened, right? Their capacity increase. It's insane what happened in there. And there's such a beautiful, rich community that came together over this. But sometimes the hardest part about faith is taking the first step. But faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and achieves the impossible. And God wants to expand your vision and transform your reality. The key to dynamic faith is taking the first step when you can't see the whole path. So let me ask you, what has God revealed to you that you haven't acted on because you don't know more details. <laughs> I'll say it again just for fun. You know, that area that you're like, ooh, already. What has God revealed to you that you haven't acted on because you don't know more details? Ooh, that's what it feels like, right? As finite humans, we crave certainty. We crave it, right? But faith moves us forward even when we don't know what lies ahead. God wants you to open your spiritual eyes, enlighten the eyes of my understanding, God, to see a new reality. If they, quote unquote, say it's impossible, faith sees the solution. They probably aren't part of your journey. (laughs) And they will believe it once they see it from you living it, right? And God wants you to step into the unknown. Fear says this, wait for a more favorable time to take a step. God's word, though, gives us a very different prompt. Do not hesitate to go and enter to possess the land. Judges 18.9. So do you see it? When God gives you something, it's up to you to possess it. It's actually our obligation to take, possess, and receive what's ours. And faith is your weapon for getting what's yours. Now is the time for proactive faith, not lazy faith, not sort of kind of faith, not even like mustard seed, right? A faith that's not dependent on external factors. So don't wait for a perfect time. Don't wait for perfect conditions. Use your faith to perfect your conditions. So it's the difference between begging and pleading with God and enforcing what God says is yours. Think about it that way, right? Like so many times we're like, God, please, God, help, right? Like we start getting all wound up like that. When really we have the word, we have his precious promises and our job is to enforce them on earth. We're enforcers, not beggars, okay? Faith is the catalyst for your transformation, turning all your problems into opportunities for God's glory. The world needs your faith, not your fears. Big faith says it's never too late to see the answer to your prayer. So my prayer for you is that God will ignite and inspire you to embrace a level of faith that makes you uncomfortable. All right. 
So what I thought that I might share with you is something that was really powerful that we did this week. I think when we think uh, of what's next or, you know, when we get caught up in the future tripping, we start wondering, like, how are my needs going to be met? How is my provision going to come? What if this doesn't happen? What if I do this and then this happens? And like all of that, what does that sound like? Oh, ye of massive fear, (laughs) right? Self-doubt and insecurity, right? But what does God say? Be it unto you according to your faith. Like, is that what you want to see? Is that what you want to be known for? Is that how you want to build? I don't know about you, but no. Like, sometimes you have to get tired of yourself. I was sharing on a, I think it was a masterclass or a challenge recently, how I was always told to journal. And I was like, yeah, no, not going to do that. That sounds awful because I didn't want to look within, right? But I started journaling. And back in the day, I was following Julia Cameron. And she had this practice called the morning pages where you just write page after page after page. And this was back in like 2007, somewhere around there. So I'm doing the morning pages just because I'm like, I'm going to be consistent at something. We're going to try it. It doesn't work. We'll see what, what happens from there. But the whole premise is you write three pages straight nonstop and you don't reread them. You just get it out. Because like all of that is your mental energy, your emotional energy. It's a reflection of what's in your heart, right? So I would do this every day and I got tired of it. I was like, girl, your story is lame. Like, I'm tired of listening to you. Are you tired of listening to you? Like, do you want to keep telling the story? Like, it sucks, actually. (laughs) And I was in uh, grad school for film production at the time. So I was learning all about storytelling. I'm like, this isn't a good story. Like, are you convinced? Like, this is not, this is not fun. And if... If this is not fun, what are you going to do about it? Like, nobody's telling you what to think. Nobody's telling you what to feel. Like, nobody is creating this reality. Newsflash, you are. You are. Now, this was all pre-God, so I didn't know how to involve God in any of that yet. But I was tired of my story, and this was not me, you know, living my best life. So, at any rate, it's really powerful when you see that often you are creating and continuing to create these self-fulfilling prophecies of things that you don't want. And sometimes you just need to accept that and get over it. Like enough is enough. And we have to actually be the ones that have a hard sit down and tell ourselves that. Like nobody could tell me that. Tell me that. Like nobody was actually a voice speaking into my life at that time. That's why when I discovered coaching and started working with my coach and I started getting asked these questions that only I could answer, I was like, ooh. You know, talk about radical responsibility, right? Started to grow me up, started to mature me, but it takes maturity to actually look at what's going on and decide what you're going to do about it. I've decided I am done with this fear building thing. It is not fun. It is not creating the life I want. I'm done with that. Cool. Now what? Okay. So if you get to that place where you're like, now what? This is usually where folks meet me (laughs) and we start coaching together. Like the pain is enough. I'm enough, like how I've been showing up, these patterns that I've been practicing, it's got to go. Help me, because that's terrifying when you get to that place. I'm here here for that. I get it. You get to this place where you're like, how do I hashtag live my best life? And this is like a meme, a hashtag, lingo that circulates in the world. Out here living my best life. But like, what does that even mean, though? Okay, and is that even biblical? So what we've done recently in the Courage Co., training bundle, which is currently on sale. We have it on sale. It's called the holiday bundle. So if you go to www.courageco.org, that's how you can access the masterclass that we just did. 
and all of them from the entire year with the notes and it's so good. <laughs> it is so good and it's so cheap. <laughs> Like we have it out there at a crazy low price. So give yourself that gift, right? Like invest in things that actually have a return on investment, not things that you're going to donate. Like just think about that. Like invest in you, invest in your spirit, invest in your mind, invest in your heart, invest in your development, invest in you, right? Like if you can spend, I don't know what it is, a crazy amount on clothes, trips, all those things, make sure that that's actually going into you too. Okay, so with that, we were talking about steward your best life. So this isn't a holiday bundle. You can go back and listen to this. But what does that mean? What does it mean to steward my best life? Because that would be living my best life. So what does it mean to be a good and faithful servant? Have you ever wondered that? What does it mean to fully trust that God is in control of everything? And what does it look like to do that? Like, it sounds good, but how does one actually do that? And then how does God measure success? One of our favorite challenges so far was our spirit driven entrepreneur challenge and we talk about this we have a whole two sections actually committed to this in the spirit driven success life coach certification program because we get out here in the world of entrepreneurship and we're told to do so many things and sometimes that's wasting time sometimes that sounds good but it's not god sometimes that is something that we feel pressured and obligated to do, but it doesn't resonate in our spirit at all. And so we got to know how to be out in the marketplace under God's wisdom, counsel, and direction, and how to operate unapologetically in our lane. So we spent a good amount of time, two two whole months pretty much, on spirit-driven entrepreneurship. But everyone loved that challenge because it really broke down how to define success. Like, what does God say? Because I could be out here thinking I'm building success all day and from like a worldview, like maybe I am, right? But like, what if God never said that that was success? It's kind of like getting to the place where God says, I never knew you. Think about that if you've ever felt that in a relationship. You thought you knew someone and then there was a betrayal and you're like, I don't even know you. The worst feeling ever, (laughs) right? So we could potentially be living our life that way and that's not fun. It actually says in Matthew 7, 21, Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, master, we preached the message. We bashed the demons. Our super spiritual projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. I don't know about you. That gives me God bumps, right? Like how many people, you can probably discern this. It doesn't take much. There's just an icky thing in your spirit are out here using God as a pawn to advance their life. Selah. How many people are out here trying to perform for God, they think, and just asking God to bless what they're doing. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And this is a heart issue. This is a matter of the heart, but it's one that we can't afford to deny, miss, and dance around. We got to look at this thing. Are you using God for your own advancement? Because who likes to be in a relationship with a user? 
know about you, but that doesn't sound like it for me. And that does definitely does not sound like love. So how does God measure success? Well, for one thing, God has given us a manual and I love it, right? Because there's like those books for dummies out there or when you're trying to figure out who you are, maybe take a personality assessment and do all the things, right? You're like, man, I wish, I really just wish there was a manual for my life, right? And what I wish is that somebody would have told me that there is. (laughs) So the Bible is your life manual, okay? And in it, God has instructed us in the way we should live. So what are we to do? It doesn't have to be any more complicated than this. We are to seek God constantly, constantly. Just like you like seek social media, right? Constantly, just like you text people constantly, just like you're on the phone constantly, seek God constantly. We don't have to make that deep. That's just simple, right? And we're to follow the manual that God has given us and live by that and choose him. Joshua 24, 15 is a great reference. So what are we to do? Seek the Lord, right? Like he's given us the manual, but it's on us to actually seek it, pursue it, study it, right? Develop in what it offers, okay? So what we do for God is not the only thing that matters. Being faithful over the few things is God's measure that is referenced in Matthew 25. And part of our destiny on earth is to be conformed into the image of Christ, right? Just because we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that doesn't mean that we're conformed into his image. Have you noticed? That's why many people have even been hurt by the church if they talked about that, because there's humans in the church that are not well. (laughs) The church is often a hospital, right? And they can hurt people because they're not walking and living the message that they claim to live or that they claim to believe, right? So being renewed in our minds and walking in righteousness is a process. We participate. We have a role to play in the process. And usually what starts to happen is God shows us our hearts, reveals where we are, and then helps us progress more fully into his image. So that happens as you're reading the word. You're reading the word and the word is really reading you. Like you're reading it. You're like, oh, that's being highlighted. Hopefully that's for somebody else. And God's like, nope, that's for you. (laughs) You know that root of bitterness that you got right there? Let's look at that, right? Or, hey, you know this fear that's been coming up? This is what that's revealing. Hey, you know that unforgiveness? It's time to let that go. That's why your soul's sick, right? You're reading the word and it's showing you what is happening inside of you. Of course, if you're coming to the word from a place of honesty. So progress is God's preferred measure, not perfection, not ever, okay? So did we progress in our life with what we have? Did we do something with what God gave us? Did we do according to what we personally knew to do? God holds us accountable for what he's given us, not for what we don't know and not for what we haven't experienced yet, but what he's actually given us. That makes sense. There's also a lot of freedom in that. God's not going to hold me accountable to something that I don't know yet. But people use that as a tool too. I'm not going to read the word because I don't want to become responsible. Yikes. Okay. God expects us to act according to what we know. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James 1.22. As we are measured and found faithful by God, we will receive the promises he has for us. So for you in that example, deciding not to be responsible, deciding not to pursue, all it does is hold you back. All it does is limit you. All it does is prevent you from experiencing everything that God had in store for you. So that doesn't save you, protect you, help you in any way. 
And God's power works in us to do what he asks us to do. It only requires a simple choice on our part, right? Like God literally gives us the will (laughs) and the power to do what he requires. It talks about that in Philippians. I love that, right? So that's part of how we're transformed. Like God gives us a desire for things that we once had no desire for. He also gives us a power to do them. What? But you have to decide that that's what you want and pursue that. So we can choose our own standards or we can submit to God's process of conforming to his image, okay? So when it comes to thinking about what is good, God thought of his own work as good and good is right. It's clear, it's generous, it's better, it's useful, it's helpful, it's pleasant, okay? So part of God's goodness includes generosity, which implies lavish, giving extra, okay? The kingdom is extra is what I like to say. Generosity looks past just bare minimum, right? And going above and beyond. So think about how you live your life. Like, are you generous? Are you extra with it? Like one of the things that I find is the biggest compliment, like when people have come into Courage Co and they've experienced even just the masterclasses and challenges, they're like, how are you giving this away for free, right? (laughs) Or they get in the mastermind. They're like, why are we not paying so much more than what we paid to get in here? And I'm like, well... This is what God said. And, you know, it's part of being generous, right? It's really a beautiful thing, but that's not how everyone is set up. But that is how the kingdom is set up. Where God looks. So here's what what happens. When God looks for good in us, he looks for useful, helpful, better. He looks to see that we improve upon what we have, using it to the best of our abilities. It talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. And if we're not good at our part, The reality of this is that other people will suffer. But if we are good at what God has given us, everyone rejoices. Think about that. Who is suffering because you're withholding? Who is suffering because you're choosing to stay in limitation? Who is suffering because of your fear or because of your excuses? excuses? And you're aware of it. And if you're aware of it, that makes you responsible for it. So you're willing to, you're willingly choosing not only to allow yourself to suffer, but people connected to you. That's a weight. Like that's something that keeps me up at night, right? So good also includes what is right and what is clear. In an effort to be profitable or useful, we can be tempted to cut corners, to really accept bad debt and collateral damage, right? But instead of that, we should ask God. He will always make a way for something to be profitable and to be right. So we don't have to run out ahead of him. We don't have to get caught up in all sorts of nonsense that we got to clean up later. Like we can just seek God, right? When we commit our way to the Lord, he establishes our steps. That's just what he does. So true goodness is only in God, right? Apart from me, right? Apart from God, I am nothing. Apart from God, I can do no good thing. Like true goodness, every good and perfect gift is from above. True goodness is from God. So if we want to really be good, we need to pull on God's goodness to be alive and active in our lives. So how hooked up to God are you to actually be a great receiver of his goodness? How has God's goodness shown up in your life? Like how have you personally been impacted by it? Reflect on that. Become more aware of that. How have you demonstrated goodness, right? How have you done that? 
Ask God to show you an area where you've just been fulfilling the minimum. You've just been like looking for a way to cut corners, just getting by. A lot of people do their whole careers this way, strangely enough. <laughs> I used to manage people in corporate and nonprofit. Ask me how I know, right? You, you know when people are cutting corners. Um, what is the simplest step you can take to improve this area? Okay, now what is faithful? That's good. What is faithful? God asks us to be faithful in everything, not some things, in everything. And here's the deal. How you do one thing is actually how you do everything. So if you're going to like cut corners over here, if you're going to lie over here, if you're going to cheat over here, if you're going to find a way to be selfish and self-serving over here, if you're going to find a way to lie and cheat over here, that's how you do everything, right? And the bad thing about that is we start creating a case for why that's okay, and it's never okay. It's never okay. That's just the enemy, actually, that you're partnering with right now. Yeah, because one that's well-loved, one that is a servant for Christ, does not lie, does not cheat, does not steal, is not self-serving, right? Go read about love. And that's actually not how you build, and you do not prosper that way. So that's a dangerous, slippery slope to go down, And it's one that happens a lot and people are unapologetic about it. And that's dangerous. All right. So faithfulness means reliable, faithful, believing, trustworthy, certain, true, observant of, and steadfast to one's trust. Okay. So it's to be relied on. And faith is believing in God, meaning you're fully convinced of what you believe. So God wants us to believe not just in him, but in the principle of the authority that he's given us. So all authority that we have comes from God. And God wants us to be authorities and ambassadors of his kingdom, right? So to be faithful, we need to be honest and truthful. An honest witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. We're told so often in the word to be aware, to be wise, to be discerning, because many people will come in my name airing false witness. If you don't know God for yourself, you will be deceived. And that's one of the greatest tools of the enemy. If we lack truth, it thwarts our efforts by giving room to the enemy. And when we are faithful, we don't just accomplish a task. We accomplish it with integrity. It's that similar principle, right? What you do in private is also what you do in public. There's no difference. Like you're not out here performing right? You're the same person. You're honest. You're truthful. You're reliable. You're transparent. And that's freedom, by the way. There, It's really hard to live in the world where you have to pretend, where you have to fake who you are, where you have to tell stories, where you have to check all your lies. That's not freedom. Like you live in chaos every day and you're sowing all of that. So you're going to reap the fruit and the consequences of that. Not fun. Like freedom comes from being fully able to be who you are, to be transparent, to be honest about what you've walked through and what God's done, right? To embrace the new life that he's given you and access the goodness that he has for you and to be faithful with that. So much freedom there, especially on the inside. So faithfulness isn't just a condition of our hearts. It's the end result and what we do based on the condition of our hearts, right? So if our heart is sick, we're going to produce gross fruit, (laughs) right? But if our heart is pure and healthy, we'll produce pure fruit, right? So for faithfulness to be real, it means we transact and execute our commands and responsibilities because faith without works is dead. 
So some questions you can ask yourself, am I obeying direct instructions I've been given? Do I know what I'm supposed to be doing in addition to those instructions? And am I taking action? Sometimes we get caught up in like wanting to consume, thinking we need more information because we're freaked out and we just need to own what we know and take action. Right? We need to actually own what we know and take action. Stop thinking you need more. Stop trying to chase other things. Like pay attention to why you're chasing in the first place. When we chase things, they run from us. Right? Even money. It says in the word, when you chase money, you will never catch it. It will always elude you. That's why that can't be the thing that you're running after. (laughs) When it says when you seek God, when you run after God, you find him. God is the only one that can be found and the only one that can satisfy. But when you chase other things, when you chase people, why is that a problem? Because they're already running from you. Why would you want somebody that's running from you? They're not yours. That's demonic. Why would you run after something that's not for you? The enemy's just getting you distracted and caught up in something, right? Why would you chase something that's not divinely given to you and ordained for your life? That doesn't sound healthy, right? But until we get still, we can't even recognize how we're showing up. So that stillness is important, but the enemy wants to make sure that you're not still in your soul. So really pay attention. Instead of pursuing and chasing all the things, what can you be faithful with? And if you just got faithful, maybe all the other things would be added unto you without you having to chase a thing. Actually, that is how it works, (laughs) right? And then what is wise, okay? There are some good things that God has for us that we can't get by obeying his commandments. And this sounds like, what? You know, it sounds crazy. But the only way to receive certain things from God is to excel in something else. Wisdom. Wisdom. Huge, huge, huge says in Luke 12, 42, a master will delegate authority in his house to a trustworthy and thoughtful manager who understands his master's desires. And the household manager will serve others what they need at exactly the right time. So are you being a wise steward of what God has put you in charge of? Great question. Am I being a great steward of what God's put me in charge of? To be wise means to be prudent, sensible, and mindful, Right? It's being able to be discreet and making a provision for the future. But what happens is we get deceived and deception is the result of hearing and not doing. We know to do the things, we just don't do them. And then what we do is we say we're confused, we just don't know, right? No, you didn't listen, (laughs) right? So something I teach a lot in the God's Wives Mastermind is this radical obedience, right? I desire to hear and obey instantly, right? I don't want too much time. I don't want too much space to overthink something. I just need to hear and obey, hear and obey, hear and obey, because that will be something I get better at. I don't want to hear and disobey. I don't want to hear and make excuses. I don't want to hear and put it off because I don't want the life that is connected to that. And I don't want to be known for a person that does that, right? But you got to train something else to get a different result. So wisdom includes being free of deception. That sounds good to me. (laughs) If you've been massively betrayed and deceived by somebody, wisdom, wisdom and discernment. That's actually how I came to the Lord. I was massively, massively deceived, right? But if we have wisdom, we'll do what we know. We'll be hearers and doers of the word. We won't lie to ourselves or make excuses about why we aren't doing what we know and what we've heard from the Lord. 
right? If God is your everything, why would you not listen? If God loves you and knows what's best for you, why would you not pursue him and apply what he says? You know, when we actually slow down and we answer these questions and we get clear about that, it becomes plain. Okay? It doesn't always feel good, but it becomes very plain. So God wants us to have clever discerning awareness, just like the serpent in the garden had. When we combine that with our innocence, our discernment will help us see the weak places that need strength, and it will help us build each other up and fill gaps and bring restoration. So discernment is, discerning awareness is something that the enemy in the garden had when he deceived Eve and Adam, right? So we need to be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. That means be wise to what weakness the enemy wants to prey on. Be wise to any access points in your life. Be, be aware of any sin that is active in your life because it's giving the devil place. So be wise to him and his tactics. Don't give him more airtime or more attention, right? But be wise because he's looking to make you fall for sure. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. So do you want to be casual about that? I don't know. I don't know. But that's something we decide, right? But then you want to be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. So you don't want to get caught up in the wrong energy here and make a mess. You want to partner with God. So you want to live your life like you may die tomorrow, but plan your life like you'll live to 100. This is how a wise person lives. Practical wisdom protects us from avoidable problems. And life has enough already. So I personally love... (laughs) being protected from avoidable problems. Like, I don't need more, right? We're good here. We're good here. So really think about that for you. The more wisdom we have, the more of its characteristics we will show. Humble, thoughtful about what you say, not reacting with emotions, teachable, and so much more. So does your life reflect the qualities of wisdom? Well, if it doesn't, you can start practicing that and you know how to invite the Holy Spirit in to help you in those areas. Okay, so we with the Steward Your Best Life Masterclass went into how to steward our thoughts, how to steward our bodies, how to steward our time, how to be good and faithful with family and good and faithful with money, good and faithful with the work of our hand, hands, and then even stewarding our souls. But what I'll tell you is this, that in the kingdom, this is the main premise. You can go again in the Courage Co. Masterclass bundle. It is called the Holiday Bundle over at Courage Co., www.courageco.org, or click the link in the show notes to get this and listen to the full replay. We were on there probably for close to three hours because we coached in so much more. So powerful. Um, So you can get it there. But the main premise here is in the kingdom, we don't own anything. We don't own ourselves. We don't own our relationships. We don't own our job and our career. We don't own our money. We don't own our time. We don't own our talent. God owns everything. God is the owner. Okay, so we don't own ourselves, our families, our possessions, our ministries, our business. We're just managers of God's affairs. And a steward, what a steward is, it's one who manages the affairs of a household And it's a manager who the owner can trust, right? So I have found we put so much emphasis on trusting God and how to do that. Why not put more emphasis on just being trustworthy? 
right? When you ask God to help you be trustworthy, you start to know him. It's powerful. But we got to flip it, right? Instead of like looking to God for all the things, like what is God asking or requiring of you? And as you ask him to help you be that, you become more like him, which means you know him more. Really, really powerful. So as you ask to be trustworthy, you start to know that God is trustworthy. Okay, the word servant means one who is in permanent relation or servitude to another. So a real servant is consumed with the one of with the will of the one being served. So a real servant isn't about their own agenda. They're all about and consumed with the will of the one they are serving. So think about it that way. Am I stewarding well what God has made me a manager of? And am I serving his will and his purpose, his way? So here's the thing. We talk about this a lot in the Spirit Driven Success Life Coach Certification Program. We touch on it a bit too in the God's Vibes Mastermind. But there's many businesses and many folks, right, that might say that they're Christian, meaning that they could believe in biblical principles, but they don't know the Lord and they're actually not building their business his way, right? And as he's leading, okay? So they might have like a a main scripture on the wall, but aside from that, none of that is kingdom. Really interesting. So you've got to be wise and discerning to pay attention to these things. And also so you can steward the kingdom in whatever you're led to do in your family, in your business, in your ministry. Like, are you truly submitted to God and moving according to his will? And even in uncertainty, moving according to his ways. Like when in doubt, do what God says. Apply the wisdom and knowledge that he's given you. So to manage, we seek the will of the Father and his will is in his manual. And it's up to us to seek it, to learn it, and to use it. So the first job on earth was management. When you think about Adam and Eve, they understood that it all belonged to God and they were there to be faithful servants over what God had given them. And they had specific rules and instructions from God and the rest was up to them to manage it well. So good management is proven through testing and that's always been a priority to God. It says in Corinthians 4, 1, So then you must perceive us, not as leaders of factions, but as servants of the anointed one, those who have been entrusted with God's mysteries. The most important quality of one entrusted with such secrets is that they are faithful and trustworthy. What? Right? Like God trusts you with his mysteries, with his secrets. And the things that he's asking is that you are faithful and trustworthy with them, that you steward them well. And they could sit on a shelf all day. You could make excuses for why you can't access them and other people can. When really the truth is we're all given the same access. And we decide if we're going to seek, learn, and use it. That's the real truth. Real truth, right? So only someone with God's image can really manage his family and his affairs well. Right? Hurt people hurt people. Lost people... (laughs) confuse (laughs) and lead other people astray. Broken people break people. This makes sense. Wise people help people wisen up. Disciples build disciples, right? Lovers love. It's what they do. Lovers of God love well. So he's looking for people who can rule and reign in eternity, not just those that make it into heaven by the skin of their teeth. We're not just supposed to accept God into our hearts and then just kind of like, 
think that we've made heaven and we're good. Like that is not it. I don't know where that ideology or whatever that is came from, but that's not it. Our only burden is to do what God asked of us. God has the greatest burden on his shoulders. I like to think about it this way. When you are a, you know, a CEO or a business owner, that's a heavy burden. Like all of the weight falls on you, right? The profit and loss, right? That falls on you. The management of people, right? The business costs, right? The um, different challenges, the legalities of it, the accounting, right? The growth, the scaling, the efficacy, all of that falls on you as the owner. And if you're an employee, you don't think about any of that. You just do your job and you leave. Like that's what you do, right? So think about it this way, right? Like the greatest burden of our lives falls on God and we just get to manage what he gives us. Okay. That's why there's no FOMO. Like the greatest way to make sure you don't miss out on anything in the kingdom is to work your season for all it's worth. Literally get all the juice out of it. Like stay as present as possible in the seasons that you're in and keep building and they all stack and add on each other and nothing is wasted, but you will miss seasons or repeat them by trying to jump out of it or rehearsing former things and bringing them into your new thing. Then you just invite yourself into the past all over again, right? Refusing to heal, then you just get to repeat past hurts over again. We'll circle the mountain if we're not obeying God. What matters to God is what we do with what he's given us to manage. So ask God to help you see what's yours to manage and provide you with the grace and the wisdom to steward it well. It says in Titus 1.7, for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. So I want to challenge you today. We dove into so much more in that challenge, but I want to challenge you today to think about everything as stewardship. How would different areas of your life change when you thought about that? God owns this. I'm not the owner of this. I'm not the owner of my kids. I'm not the owner of my business. I'm not the owner of my job. I'm not the owner of my time. I'm not the owner of my body. I'm not the owner of my thoughts. God has given me a mind to renew. And he calls that freedom when I do it, right? He's given me a body to steward well, to take care of, right? He's given me work to serve, his will and his purposes in the earth to advance the kingdom, right? And probably to really help me with my character development and my love ministry, if we're honest, right? God has given me kids to train them up in the way they should go, but they're not mine. So I am to seek his will for them. Mm. (laughs) Right? My time. It's just not mine to do whatever I want with or to squander. Like, how can I steward my time well? My money, right? If this is God's money, how would I approach it differently? I think we get really confused and all out of sorts when we start pursuing things because of our will, our way, and we're freaked out about different things, lack, fears, insecurities, right? We start believing lies and partnering with a liar. But I want to encourage you, a lot of clarity comes when you get back to God. And just thinking about being a good steward. To me, that's humbling. Who am I that God would trust me to steward these things? Right? Who am I that God would 
allow me to manage this and manage it well, right? Like, think about that. That's incredibly humbling. And then there's gratitude that comes with that. So I want to encourage you. When things are hard, I like to say it's blessing management. Of course it's hard, (laughs) right? To be blessed means that you get a lot of responsibilities. That's what that means. And you have more that you are required to steward well, right? And when you're faithful with little, he gives you more. And so a beautiful way to be a great return on investment for all God has given you to steward is to steward it well and to have and enjoy your life and take it a day at a time, a step at a time, and a moment at a time, right? These people that God brought into your life, they're not random. They're not random. And he's trusting with you, you with these relationships to steward them well. Are you making it about you? This business, right? This God dream is something that God is trusting you with. Are you sitting on it? Are you trying to build it a different way than he is leading and guiding you? Sometimes that's why we're stuck. We don't need more information. We just need to be faithful. Sometimes repentant, humble. God, I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry for getting selfish and self-centered. I'm sorry for partnering with fear. I'm sorry for trying to build this thing without your input at all. (laughs) I'm sorry for seeking these things over seeking you. I repent for this, God. I turn from this. Help me with my unbelief. Help me to trust you as my provider. Help me to say yes to your will, to your way. We got to get honest. We got to get vulnerable. We got to get clear. And that's where some of the biggest breakthroughs are. They're in these quiet, private moments, these encounters with God that nobody sees, but they change everything. So just encourage you, invite God into this question about stewardship. Are you a good steward over everything that's God, that God has given you? Are you a good steward? God, help me to be a good steward. Help me to see what you've given me to manage and help me to manage it well. And think about that as you step into a new year, especially. We get so caught up on vision and goals and ugh, right? And we're like into that stuff. But it's like, but we're still off because all of that stuff flows from your being. And when your heart is sick and when you're building in fear, you can take a lot of action, but you're just building something that's going to crumble. So it is worth it. It requires maturity. It requires discipline. It requires self-control. It requires slowing down and being still. But the fruit of doing that far outseeds what you sacrifice to do that. So my encouragement is investigate this question. Am I a good steward? God, show me where I can be a better steward. Show me what you've given me to manage and help me to manage it well by your power and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope this message blessed you. Until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 
12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation fully confident knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.